Hi, I'm Carl Scavazzo, and you're feeling the noise with Michael's Record Collection. Hello, and welcome to Michael's Record Collection, where we talk about great music with the people who make it and the people who love it. This is episode number 116, and I am your host, Michael Citro. And this episode's a real treat for me because I got to talk to one of the musicians who performed at my very first rock concert. It's Carlos Cavazzo, who was with Quiet Riot back in the band's heyday when they were coming up and, and becoming popular in the 80s with Metal Health and Condition Critical and QR3 and on and on. Carlos Cavazzo is now with King Cobra, Carmine of Pieces band from the 80s, and they just put out a new album. It's called We Are Warriors. It's the first album from King Cobra in 10 years. Carlos Cavazzo is one of the two new guitarists, and I was very happy to talk to Carlos about the making of that record, how he got involved with King Cobra, and we also covered a lot of other topics, including how he ended up in the band Rat years after uh, leaving Quiet Riot. Before we get to that interview, like to remind you to please visit michaelsrecordcollection.com. There are links there to everything, including my free newsletter. You can sign up for it, get it in your email every week. There's also a link there to my Patreon. Find out how to support this independent podcast for as little as $2 a month. And of course, the more you support the show, the greater your benefits. I also have links there to all my social medias, but I'll just tell you what they are here. It's at Mike's Records on Twitter and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram and TikTok. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a line at michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com. Let me know what's on your mind. Let me know how I'm doing. And hey, just tell me your first favorite record. All right, with the housekeeping out of the way, let's get to that interview with Carlos Cavazzo of King Cobra. Here we go. I am joined by a very special guest, a King Cobra guitarist. You know him from Quiet Riot. You might know him from Rat. If you go far enough back, you might know him from Snow. He's also been with Three Legged Dog. Carlos Cavazzo, how you doing, man? Pretty good. <laughs> Pretty uh, good. King Cobra coming out with a new album. We are Warriors, the sixth studio album, first since 2013. You are one of the new guitar players in this band, and I'm excited to get into this uh, album with you a little bit. But I want to start out where I always start with my guests, and I want to mm -hmm. ask you, Carlos. What was your first favorite record, the first one you fell in love with? Uh, I have to say The Beatles, Hard Day's Night. My dad uh, bought me and my brother those records when we were kids, like Hard Day's Night and Something New. And ever since then, I fell in love with music, loved rock music. They definitely sold me on it, for sure. Yeah. How did you first um, get into playing music? Like, what was the what was the catalyst for that did you just ask for a guitar for christmas or how did that go uh actually i did I, um uh i asked my dad for guitar lessons and a guitar for one of my birthdays and he got it for me and i took lessons you know formally how to read me read music and all that and then uh after that i took lessons from a guy who would teach us like current rock songs which i loved you know because then that, that kind of turned it all around for me there yeah you get to apply what you uh what you're learning to what you love already. So that's right. Cool. Exactly. Do it. I know a lot of people gave up on guitar lessons because it was too boring for them, but it, it, <laughs> it can be, if you do it, it can be some parts of it. 
Well, I'm glad they made it fun for you because you've you've gone on to to do pretty well for yourself with it. Uh, thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about the formation of Snow going uh, going from you know starting starting out in a band um, Snow and and then getting out and going on to the Sunset Strip and 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 playing with all those legendary other bands that kind of came out during that same time. Right. Well, uh, Snow was formed actually in Orange County, Newport Beach, uh, me and my brother and Doug Ellison, our singer. And we moved up to L.A., actually Arcadia. And then that's where we met up with Steve Quadros, the drummer. And uh, I think our we first started playing out the L.A. club scene late 78, I believe November 78, something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I became friends over the years with a lot of the bands that we know of today, you know, you know, uh, Dawkin and uh, the Motley Crue guys and Great White, who used to be Dante Fox, and mm-hmm. you know, uh, God, everybody. You know, I met a lot of people. Thank God, they're all really cool people too. And uh, hanging out on the strip back then in the late seventies was a trip. It was like, you know, people were going crazy in the clubs, doing drugs right on the open, and uh, it, it was pretty nutty. It, it was quite a bit taken. Yeah. Is that how you ended up in Quiet Riot? They those guys just knew you from playing the strip. Uh, you're right, actually. Um, uh, uh, Snow used to do shows with Quiet Riot, and I had the opportunity of meeting Randy Rose a couple of times, and he was an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. And also met Kevin and became friends with Kevin as well. And uh, even Rudy was then uh, in the band back then. And um, after uh, those guys left. Quiet Riot. Kevin had his own band called Dubrow for a while. Mm-hmm. And then Snow happened to break up. And Kevin gave me a call. And I came down and worked with him for a while. And we wrote some songs. And, you know, luckily got a record deal off of it. And the rest is history. So I have to ask you this. How hard is it to play guitar when you're riding on the shoulders of your lead singer? (laughs) Oh, yeah, you saw that. (laughs) Uh, It's not easy, Um, uh, but you just try not to think of it. Uh, Thank God he was strong enough to pick me up, but we had a little routine. I would would jump up at the same time as he would lift me so it wouldn't be so heavy on his shoulders. And he was a strong guy. Kevin was a big, strong guy, and he would would be able to carry me and – um to do it today no obviously he's not around but even if he was i don't think we could do it but um (laughs) i remember one of the worst moments was when i I was on his shoulders at the at the us festival my guitar cord was shorting out we didn't have wirelesses back then Mm. and my guitar cord started shorting out while i was playing i had to mess with it a little bit and it came back on thank god i was saved (laughs) (laughs) i have to say you were um this is a big treat for me because you played at the second concert I ever attended, and it was oh, really? 
Here's your idiot host just weighing in to say I screwed this up because Quiet Riot actually played my first concert I ever went to. And when I get to the part where I talk about Sammy Hagar and Dawkins, that was the second show I ever attended. So, yeah, I had a little bit of a senior moment here. Back to the interview. It was an unusual bill because it was it was an outdoor festival in the middle of nowhere in Ohio, outside Columbus, uh-huh. Ohio, uh, a place called Legend Valley. Uh, oh, I remember Legend Valley, yeah. And you guys played with Scorpions and uh, Qui- uh, Quiet Riot, Kick Axe, and Fastway. Right. And it was... I hope I so remember that. It was hotter than balls that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was a great... Oh, that, that was your second call. What was your first? My first, I got to see Sammy Hagar with Dawkin opening uh, oh, a few months before that. That's so, funny. Not bad. Oh, Legend um, Valley, I remember that, yeah. So you, um, well, obviously everybody knows you from your, your quiet ride days. It's just seeing the guy in the mask makes everybody <laughs> feel good. Makes, brings a smile to your face. Um, you were in quiet riot with, uh, from metal health in 83 to 2001's guilty pleasures. Just curious how that was for you because you guys were really young and like metal was just on fire especially, especially his metal health album. Uh, going to number one and and having such a huge hit, having such huge success at that age, what was that like for you? Um, you know, I tried not to take it too seriously because it's only rock and roll. And if you, you take things too seriously, you're going to drive yourself crazy. I know maybe some of the other members might have taken it a little further than I did, but I, I tried not to let things bother you. You know, you know, just like uh, take it all in slowly. But yeah, it can change you. Definitely, the the money that you make and the success that you have and the celebrity that you develop, you know, can, can, uh, you know, you can be seduced by fame. A lot of people are, they go Hollywood on us, Mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, yeah, it can be tough. It depends on how you can handle it. You know, mentally I'm pretty stable person and I've been pretty easygoing and a reasonable guy. So hopefully that helped. (laughs) (laughs) How wild was it for you to, to be hitting it big when so many of your peers were also hitting it big right around that time. I thought it was awesome. I thought everybody was all a big community, all big together. It was, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. You know, uh, I know we were probably one of the first bands to start, start the whole ball rolling. So they say, but uh, I know there were bands before us like Def Leppard and Van Halen, which helped us for sure. But um, it was awesome to see everybody get their deals and be happy. It, it was great. Now, on the on the flip side of that, I'm sure you had friends that didn't ever quite make it out that were that you guys probably felt were every bit as good as some of the ones that did. Well, of course, there's always so many talented people out there that never get their big break. You know, it's 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 all about songs. Really, you got to have the right song, you know, and have the the right magic with the band, and it's it's a lot of it's, you know, like I said it before, it's like hitting the lottery. It's a lot, a lot of little things got to be in place and right place at the right time. It, it is, a, it's a weird game. It really is. Yeah.
So question for you, and and I don't want to, I'm definitely not someone who courts controversy or I, I, I want to just promote the music because that's kind of what it's all about for me. But what, what was the reason that you weren't involved in the, the 2006 rehab album when the, when the band reformed? Oh, uh, well, I left the band in 2003. And uh, the, the reason being was we, we had some shows scheduled and then Kevin was a no show basically. And after a couple of those, we, uh, me and Rudy both just left the band. And, mm-hmm. um, I, I just like, um, they kind of screwed me around a little bit, to be honest with you. And after that, I was like, kind of over this and over these people over this band and i just vowed to myself i'm never going to do anything with the men again i just closed that chapter in my life and moved on and i never looked back to be honest with you i was just curious um, because um from everything i'd kind of read and heard it just seemed like the the real tensions in the band were between kevin and rudy but uh you know obviously there there was some tension between them too there Mm -hmm. was and uh, me too i mean uh, Kevin and Frankie were very hard-headed people. They were, you know, a personality kind of people, mm. and they were hard to deal with. Rudy's an easygoing person; he's easy to get along with, but the other guys not so much. And you know, I, I hate to say it, but like their bad behavior kind of made for a hostile work environment, and kind of led to you know counterproductivity, and it ultimately destroyed the band. And it really did. I hate to say it, but I wish it hadn't. Yeah, but that was part, probably a lot of what happened. Well, you were definitely not the only band to go through stuff like that. I, of course, it happens yeah. with every band. I've said this before in interviews. It's like a marriage. You know, some marriages are, are fruitful and and continue on and are great, and some marriages end and and when they end, sometimes they end in a bitter divorce, and sometimes they end amicably. You know, it depends. It's very much like that. Yeah. When you think back to your time in Quiet Riot. What what comes to your mind? What what stands out to you? Uh, all the shows that we did playing the US festival, you know, uh, all the tours that we did playing big shows and watching the numbers and and uh, Billboard watching our album climb every week was was a big game for us. We you know every week we can't, couldn't wait to get Billboard and open it up and see where we were. And um we we had a lot of great times we really did we grew up together basically you know some of the some of uh, kevin had never been out of the state of california i believe but i have but um not everywhere all over the united states but uh, we we went everywhere basically places that we wouldn't normally go but our music brought us there which is awesome you know weird places in this world yeah one of the things that helped you guys become successful i think and uh in addition to your music was that you guys made enjoyable music videos what was it like to you know have to go through makeup get on camera act out a part or whatever even though a lot of the time you were just kind of running around playing your instrument or or miming it what was it like making music videos for mtv for you um it it was a lot of work you had to be there kind of early you know eight nine ten in the morning or something like that and uh you know you did have to do the makeup and we don't necessarily like to wear makeup especially for live performance because you, you just sweat it into your eyes and it burns the hell out of your eyes. But yeah. uh, for video, you have to for the lighting and for the cameras and for the directors and all that. And that's understandable because it has to be right. Um, but it, yeah, you you have to go through quite a bit. And um, it's a long work day, a lot of shoots, you know, you do it over and over again and you listen to the track over and over again. And you, you shoot the whole, they shoot the whole band a bunch of times and they shoot individuals a bunch of times and, 
edit it all together. And it is a lot of work. All right, let's move forward a little bit in your career. How did you become part of Rat for the recording of the Infestation <laughs> album? Actually, I got a call from Warren Demartini. Um, I, I missed his call. And he left me a message. So, I, I, the, uh, the whole time I'm thinking, what could he want me for? He didn't really say. And I'm thinking, was there some kind of big party going down? I don't want to miss it. <laughs> so I, I called. I called him back, and uh, and he told me they're looking for somebody. And I go, oh yeah, sure, I'll come down and see what happens. You know, just because you know I'm from the same time as him and all that uh, might not work. You never know. So I went down and. It happened to work. I thought it sounded great with me and him together. And um, uh, they ended up, you know, allowing me to, to join the band. And I had a great time with those guys. It was a lot of fun. What is the challenge like for you when you're in a band with another uh, standout guitarist to, in terms of making sure that you each have space to to be uh, present in the song and, and contribute your parts? Uh, well, normally it's like a 50-50 thing, but... Um, uh normally live Warren would do just a little bit more than me more solos because he's rat not me you know and uh obviously on the newer songs uh it was a 50 50 split most of it um but yeah it's a it's a tough decision when you got two great people but it's double the double the fun i guess i don't know <laughs> now you uh you You've probably known Carmine quite a, a bit of time before getting together with King Cobra. You you played uh, in a band with his brother, Vinny. I know that uh, Carmine, at least one of the things that he was involved in was on the, the Pasha label with you guys. So you guys were label right. mates. How, how did you first come across Carmine? How did you meet him? I met him in the 80s. Um, God, I don't remember exactly where, but I've known him for a long time, at least since the mid 80s. And I've done a lot of projects with him. Never an album with him, but a lot of live shows. And uh, I'm not sure if I ever did a studio recording with him. Probably you were not. both on. Were you both on Hearing Aid? Uh, was he on that? Then we were. Then yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was on Hearing Aid. I forgot that he was on that. Oh, Vinny was too. I know Vinny was. Mm. And uh, yeah, that was that was a great time working on all those people. I got to meet everybody that day when we did the recording of uh, the the vocal part of that. You know, and. Mm. Um, I remember that pretty well. That that was a pretty cool recording. It was, hearing the metal guys get involved in the charity thing was right. really cool. Right. Um, Obviously, that's a massive mind of Ronnie James Dio, and he yeah. put all that together along with his bandmates. And uh, I thought it came out great. You know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure. It really was to help him out.
when Carmine reconvened King Cobra, he needed some guitar players. What was it? What was your first involvement with that? Or like, what, what was the first contact made? Uh, well, they had called uh, Paul Shortino had called me up, and I, I've worked with him uh, a lot in the last uh, couple of years here and there, doing some sessions and things like that. And they said, you know, doing a new King Cobra album, would you be interested in maybe doing a couple of songs? I said, yeah, sure, you know. And uh, ended up they wanted me to do the whole record, so I did that. But it was a, a easy way to record because I, this is the first record I ever did in my career where I just did all recording at home. You know, with today's technology, it's it, it's kind of cool because you can record at your own pace and record when you want, you know. And half the time I'm recording in my pajamas, I wake up in the morning, go in there and start working a little bit. And, um, and you send all I record everything that I hear. I send all the files to the producer and they put it together. But uh, that's the way the new technology is. It's not like the whole band is together in the studio. Come on, bros, let's have a beer and cut this track and make it sound killer, man. And there's no camaraderie. It's kind of strange, you know. It's a different, yeah. different thing nowadays. Yeah, sure. The uh, yeah, the you obviously not running up tens of thousands of dollars in studio time either. So that's yeah, that. too. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So the lineup for King Cobra for this album: Carmine Apiece on drums, original member; Johnny Rod on bass, he also was in Wasp for a while. He's an original member. Paul Shortino, right. you mentioned on vocals from Rough Cut. He was in Quiet Riot for a minute. Um, yourself on guitar and Rowan Robertson from Bang right. Tango and DC four and used to play with Dio is also on guitar. It's a heavy rock album. Uh, of course, with the patented heavy drum sound that, that Carmine is known for. And I was just curious as to the songs. Did you have any part in the songwriting or did you just write your guitar parts? Uh, yes, I did have, I brought in like, uh, four songs, I believe, and they had the rest pretty much written before I joined up. Okay. Which ones were yours? Uh, we are warriors and, uh, drowning and, um, uh, I can't think of the names at the moment. Um, I have it in front of me, the list in front of me. <laughs> uh, there's two more though. Uh, Dance with the Wind, and one other one I forget. Okay, the for sure uh, three, maybe four, uh, something like that. Well, it's got to make you feel good that We Are Warriors ended up being the the title track. That's, uh, I guess, it's, you know, uh, one of the songs I brought in for Quiet Riot, Metal Health, became a, a title track. Yeah. One of the songs I brought in for Rat became a title track. One of the songs I wrote for King Cobra became a title. I guess I'm doing for some good. There you something go. right. I don't know. 
Yeah, I would. I would say I wrote the music. Though Paul Paul wrote the lyrics. I wrote the music. Okay, so I can't and, take credit for the lyrics. So, in a lot of times, they just would tell you put your solo here, and you would put your solo there. Or? Uh, yeah, and well, I would just put a bunch of solos everywhere. <laughs> I'd go overboard, and they would use them where they want. Mm-hmm. But with today's technology, they can slide them around in different places. You know, not like it used to be, but. Yeah, I think maybe one or two songs the producer took apart and moved it around to to where he thought was cool and it didn't sound great. So I didn't say anything. Up and, you know. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> you can just cut and paste now. So that's that makes. Oh yeah, it's a whole different world now. All right, one of the more interesting songs that you did on this album did a cover of the old Everly Brothers song uh, made popular by Nazareth. Love hurts. And it, it right. sounds great. Uh, how did you guys land on that particular cover? Uh, I don't know. That was Carmine and Paul's idea, probably because Paul has the perfect voice for that kind of a song. And uh, they had it recorded before I added all my stuff. And the middle solo was War- Rowan and the ending solo was me. And most of the rhythm guitar parts, the clean parts for Rowan, distorted parts for me and uh, I think Rowan might have done some distorted part, but it was a pretty uh, pretty uh, neat recording. It was came out good. How long did it take you guys to make this record? Uh, went off and on for about a year, you know, sending files back and forth and all that. It took a little bit. bit of, it, we pre- we could have gotten it done a lot sooner, but you know the, the holidays happened and you know things like that and stalled yeah. us up a little bit. Well, it's cool. It's coming out on uh, CD, but also coming out on a really cool vinyl. Which is nice. Uh, I mean, you, you're like me. You've been around since vinyl was popular, <laughs> right. then it went away, and now it's back again. Track, the CDs. <laughs> what do you What do you track. make of the uh, of the vinyl revival? I like it. I, it's cool. I got, I got two turntables around the house, so <laughs> they're kind of neat. I, I like it. The different technology, you know. Yeah, for sure. Do you guys have plans to get out on the road as a band? Uh, we're talking about it. Hopefully it'll happen. I don't think we would go out there and do some long drawn out thing, but, um, uh, we would like to do maybe some festivals like, you know, maybe Rocklahoma and three festivals, stuff like that. I don't know. That'd be fun. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, I, I would go out there and I guess do some shows. It would be fun. Sometimes I kind of think I don't want to do it anymore. And, uh, for a while I, was, I don't even really wanted to be in a band anymore. I've told, you know, uh, King Cobra and also, I have to say that I've I've worked with the Freak Show, the band Freak Show. Um, that's the band that um, Jeff Labar was working with before he passed from Cinderella, and yeah. they they got a hold of me and asked me if I could help them finish the record. And, and I liked the material; it was really good, so I helped them do that. But I told them I don't know if I want to tour or even be in a band, so I did the recordings. But 
who knows what will become of that either. But yeah. Um, but then sometimes I think about being on the road and you do have a lot of good times. You meet some cool people and there is some fun to be had out there, but I did it for a long time, you know, 35, 40 years. Yeah, sure did. The, uh, I know Carmine from having him on the show. He likes to do those, you know, like go to a location and do like three or four shows in that area right, like over, right. over a few days. And then everybody sure. can go home and relax and that right. kind of thing. That's um, what you do. Yeah. Fly up. <laughs> mentioned that you're you know you had some doubts about wanting to be in a band again what are you doing with your time these days other than that <laughs> uh, uh not a lot i still write i like writing with people and, and recording with people and I'll, I'll do that um but just uh, i haven't done any touring since 2017 when rat kind of split up i left the band and uh that was at the end of 2017 i've been sitting around the house since then and i just Goof around the house and hang out with my wife and my pets, and that's about it. Yeah, it's not ready to get rid of you. Go, why don't you go out on the road, <laughs> Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> this song, this there's uh, there's ten songs on the vinyl. There's two songs that are only on the CD because of length. Obviously, when someone brings this album home or buys it, gets it on gets it online, and and they they, they mail it to them or whatever, and they put it on, they listen to it. What do you kind of hope that they take away from that experience? Well, I hope they maybe get the feel that we had in the 80s. That's what a, the, a lot of the songs have that 80s kind of feel. And that's what we're about. We're an 80s band. A lot of lyrics are about, how, especially We're Warriors, is how we partied in the 80s. You know, going to the rainbow at night, hanging out with all the bands and getting into trouble, hanging out with the strippers and doing the drugs and this and that and the other thing. And I, I'm not condoning drug use. It's not a cool thing. But, you know, that's what we were doing back then. And uh, uh we, we wrote songs about partying in those days. That's basically what it is. Yeah. We all have our pasts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was curious, Is did you, did you get to see the Quiet Riot um, documentary that Frankie made? Now now you're here, there's no way back. Did you get a chance to see that? You know, I haven't seen it. I, I don't really care to see it. It's like um, the, the whole thing is just Frankie's point of view. It, it was basically a, a film by him for him to him you know mm -hmm. uh there's no point of view of kevin because he wasn't around and yeah. i'm not there so I, i'm sure rudy was there but i was out of the band at that time and I, when i left the band i, I didn't want to do anything for the band anymore i, I was done i moved on I, I vowed to myself i wouldn't do any more interviews about that band you know or anything you know i'll talk about them at the interviews for me but i'm not going to go out of my way to do something for them you know i'm not in the yeah. band no more 
Yeah. That's Under, understandable. Yeah. It's, it's part of your past, you know, it's, right, uh, right. It's, it was a chapter and you moved on to other chapters. I moved on. Yeah, I did. this has been fantastic for me a, a real treat to talk to you about this I, I hope this king cobra record does well for you guys it's it's very enjoyable if you anybody that likes 80s rock should be able to get into this with no problem at all it's uh it doesn't sound like the 80s production but it does sound like the style and i i think it's been one of my favorite records uh f- favorite heavy rock records to come out so far this year so I, I really hope it does well for you and thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it well, thank you for having me on your show, Michael. Appreciate it a lot. And uh, we'll do something again in the future. Michael's Record Collection is hosted and produced by Michael Citro. Logo graphic courtesy of Jerry Cutchins. Follow Michael's Record Collection on social media, at Mike's Records on Twitter, and Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. If you like what you hear, you can support the show through our Patreon at patreon.com slash Michael's Record Collection. For the free newsletter version, go to substack.com and just type Michael's Record Collection into the search bar. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Carl Scavazzo, and you're banging your head with Michael's Record Collection.